Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to another podcast of How I Teach Golf. Um, Today I'm going putting and uh, someone that I've spent a lot of time with for about 10 years now, 8 to 10 years, um, a great uh, exponent of teaching the art and science of putting is my good friend Jamie Donaldson. Jamie, how are you? Hi Duncan, I'm good thanks and uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your really busy schedule to come on. So uh, I know we uh, I know we chatted a little bit and basically uh, we haven't had a good catch up. So hopefully this conversation will be a bit of catching up as well as finding out uh, essentially how you got to where you are today. So sure. If you could take us all the way back to how you got into the game and wow. basically how you ended up coaching putting. How I got into the game? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's, there's a very interesting story on that one. Um, so I didn't, I didn't start playing golf till I was nearly 18. And, okay. Yeah. And um, so I played a lot of cricket, a lot of tennis and played to some really good standards. And I was at a, a, a very sport-orientated school that, um, obviously push sport quite hard. It was a private school mm-hmm. in a castle, believe it or not. And uh, so I had, I had a lot of sport input and um, it wasn't until I got a part-time job after leaving college, uh, where leaving college early, where I uh, was, was serving at a driving range in Cambridge. Okay. And um, so I've, I've gone along there as a, 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 you know, a job, make some money, serve some balls, driving range. Didn't know a lot about them, but I'll go there. And uh, there was a pro there who's called Stephen Bonham. And uh, he he said to me, let's go and hit some because it was quiet. He said, let's go hit some balls. So we hit some balls. And um, and he said, he said, you you know, like the classic, he says, well, you're a bit of a natural. So I had some ball striking ability, but everything else was clueless. Um, okay. So then I, in between serving buckets of balls, cause it was very quiet during the day, this driving range, very, very quiet. Um, I'd hit balls all day. And then my parents were very glad I was getting into golf. They got me membership at a course called Bar Hill or yeah. Pam's Moat House, which is now called uh, the Cambridge perhaps. But anyway, um, I played 36 holes a day, basically, and then served driving range balls in the evening. And cut a long story short, after a year my handi- after a year of being a member, my handicap was around the six mark, maybe a bit less. Yeah. Um, uh, and Stephen Bonham, who was the driving range pro, had designed a golf course called Bourne, and he opened it and invited me to come along and be his assistant professional. Okay. So it, it, the, the sport chose me pretty much. I never, I, I never intended to be involved in golf or didn't have it as an ambition. Um, and then I found myself as in the assistant professional role um, fairly quickly after taking the game up. So you, you took it up at 18? Yeah. Turned pro at what, 19? Um, I reckon about 20, 21 perhaps. Okay, so well, really quick. Yeah, well, well, I I passed my exam. I finished my training in 97 is when I graduated, if you like, with the PGA. Yeah. So I was 26 then. So, yeah, I reckon, I reckon, well, I I started playing off at 18 and I was a PGA member at 26. 
Wow. And then, so you stayed there or did you move on or what was the... I moved down to a place called Chessfield Golf Club, which was in Whitstable in Kent. And my boss there uh, was, was you know, really, really showed me the ropes. Uh, His name was John Brotherton. So whereas Stephen Bonham, uh, and I hope he listens to this, was very influential in my playing because we Mm. just played golf every day. John Brotherton was much more commercially minded and a lot more about the role of a PGA member um, at a very, it was quite a private club. um, And I did all my training with him basically and and passed my exams down there. So that's, so that's fast forward to, I mean, did you then go into swing technique or were you, or how did you then migrate into the putting world? Oh, great. So we'll fast forward to 2008 maybe 2009 and after um you know <laughs> a, a short playing career shall we say I, yeah. I i i wanted to i knew i wanted to coach because i had good interaction with people and i didn't want to be in retail or any other aspect of it but but one-to-one with people was my interest by that stage so um i loved being a, a student of the game and from about 2001 onwards, I was connected with people like Ramsey McMaster's, uh, rest in peace, uh, Stuart Korstofin, who runs a 3D yep. system under um, TGA yep. Analytics, and I was using TrackMan. And basically, it was a nice era for, I think the same for you as well, because yep. the internet was just being used for things. And all of a sudden, as young wannabe coaches we could reach out and we could connect and we connected and I could search people out and and it was amazing I think the internet was incredibly pivotal in my development Uh because all of a sudden all these um, experts were at hand to me and I was hungry to speak to them Um, the only problem was when I got to a point where England were interested in me as a swing coach yeah. I realized that what I'd been working towards wasn't what I wanted, which was um, I, I was very I had a I had a plan, which was multi holistic training. Mm-hmm. And I just think I was just ahead of my time in that because I wasn't going to be allowed to do what I wanted coaching wise. Um, and I, that's when I sat back and said, I'm not sure if this is where I want to be. Enter okay. enter aim point. So how did you get to that point? What was the, was it an email? Was it a tweet? Was it something on Facebook? The aim point stuff. Well, yeah. so there's a, everyone knows John Graham. So John Graham, I was in touch with and uh, I was coaching at Cambridge Golf and Conference Centre. So I still was feeling like I was just interested in swing coaching. So I had, uh, I had a collection of clients and I said to them, who wants to learn to read greens using a, a booklet? Uh, and I gave it no lip service, to be fair. So I had 48 people said yes. So I, I flew John and his wife in from uh, New York, Rochester, New York. Uh, they came yeah. and stayed with me and my wife and family. And, you know, this guy turned up and I'm like, hi, you know, I'm Jamie. <laughs> and, and then we did 12 <laughs> hours coaching together, which was, when you think back, it seems normal now for what I do, but it must have yeah. been crazy then. And so we taught 48 people over two days. And John went back to the States where there was 24 aim point coaches only. Yeah. And, um, and I, I got, I got in touch with Mark Sweeney, who was the creator of it. 
And it was just an American thing at the time. There was only coaches in the States, 24 coaches, and they weren't going to certify any others. And I just got talking with Sweeney on Skype, to be fair. We just talked a lot about it. And I fell in love with the system. I fell in love with the fact that there was a start, a middle and an end to this skill, green reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was excited that nobody else had taught any green reading ever. So I was yep. I was back at the cutting edge with something. So I think it was appealing to everything I was wanted to be, which was cutting edge and get a job done. Whereas in a two-hour class, people could become expert green readers using yeah. Sweeney's system. So we got talking and um, then he turned up in, in Cambridge and stayed with the family and we had two, we had two days with him and I'd never met him before and then we ended up in a, a pizza restaurant with my whole family in here and we'd gone on great and um and yeah and after all this these days with him where he shared everything with me all his information I said it would be better if he did this and he, you know well I forget to mention I was a PGA tutor as well so I'd been training a lot with Jonathan Wright and a lot of other guys training assistants how to teach golf yeah. So that was new to me, uh, or it was different to what I'd learned how to coach. And uh, so I said, look, I can apply a bit of what I've been taught in how to, as opposed to what to, yeah. um, to the aim point system. And, and, and Sweeney kind of across the pizza restaurant sort of leant over and shook my hand and said, welcome to the team. And I said, what does that mean? He said, well, you're certified now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, fancy that. And, um, so I, I remember this as clear as day and I hope Sweeney listens to this. My wife definitely will. And, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to teach Aimpoint with you. And he was like, well, that's whatever, you know, uh, don't give up your day job. Yeah. And I, I said, no, I said, I think this, this was my calling. This is what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so I, I guess this was around September, October time. So I did resign. And then I found myself at the PGA show in January, uh, staying with Sweeney in Florida. And all of a sudden, I'm an unemployed full-time aim coach. Um, what year was that? Was that 2008 or 2009? I reckon it's 2009. Yeah. And, and uh, funnily enough, my, my first PGA tour player, uh, Dickie Pride, who yeah. I worked with, with Sweeney. And it was, that was a real baptism of fine. I, get a feeling i was out there with you yes i mean i was there, i was there doing <laughs> there. one plain truth certification at orange county with with jim yeah well, there you go so, so that how about that that was how about that for strange you know i've, I've i i find myself in jim hardy's villa with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> with mark and, a, and an emmy yeah an emmy award playing <laughs> table tennis with lpga players yeah and and having and having no <laughs> not knowing what had happened, just turning up. It was just quite being random. And, yeah, and, good uh, night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And never look back. And 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 I think everything since then has been as crazy as that. Um, you know, so to present day, uh we've got seven major winners uh using Aimpoint, eighty plus tour wins worldwide, with the express you know, express readers really uh been a touch paper for the aim point read yeah um travel the world several times and and what i like about it i think the way i work is on my terms now which is um i get a result with players very quickly and do it the way i want so if someone if someone's new to aim point yeah um 
which I kind of find hard to believe. But if someone is new to Aimpoint now, yeah. with regards to never heard of it before, what would be the process of coming to see you or uh, another certified instructor? Essentially, sure. what, what, what's the process? Well, now we have uh, nearly 300 instructors worldwide. And, and pretty much I've been responsible for growing and developing Europe. Yeah. Um, and we have, I think we have 12 instructors in, in UK alone. Uh, pretty much most of the European countries have instructors. Um, and there's a website, which is www.aimpointgolf.com. And on that, all the instructors list their websites. Uh, sorry, they list their clinic dates. Yeah. So you can book in through the website. Um, if I'm going to plug myself here. You can get me on uh, jamie at aimpointgolf.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is at golfdonaldson. And my Instagram is Aimpoint Golf Europe. And I would say those three mediums are the best way to get hold of me. And all my individual work or my classes are done at Woburn Golf Club. Okay. How long have you been at Woburn? I've been there just over three years now. Okay. So let's say you've got, um, you know, I want to I go, I want to attend an Aimpoint class mm. with you. So I go on your website. Yeah. And- I see there's a class on on Thursday. Yeah. So uh, I sign up, I presume, through the website. Yep. Uh, turn up at the wonderful Woburn. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I head out to the to the, the short game area. Yep. We use the, I, I, you know, I've got, there's about five greens I have choice of, but my preference will be the Tavistock short game area because it's incredible. But we've got incredibly slopey greens and we've got really flat greens. So, a little bit depends how I'm feeling on the day sometimes, but okay. we, but you know we go out there and 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 then it's a t- you know I, I work in two hour chunks. Okay, so how many in the group? So I'm just turning eight, up eight people average. There's about eight people in the group, and yeah. then what's the process for the two hours? What am I right. what am I going to get? Well, we 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 start on short putts, which is six foot and in, and the short putt read is. Uh, three seconds it'll take you to read short putts using Aimpoint Express. And they amount to about 50% of all your putts played. So 50% of what you do with a putter is inside six foot, and that's covered in the first 15 minutes. So we're teaching people to read those putts using the Aimpoint Express system. Cool. Then we move out to seven to 20 foot, um, which realistically is your scoring range. You know, anything sort of... If we say 15 to 25 is, is, is where you really make a bonus by holding putts. But we go 7 to 20 foot with the second read we call mid-range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give you, give you a perspective on that. At 20 feet, a player on tour is making 40, 14% of their putts. So 20 feet, yeah. 14%. So four, they would hold 14 out of 100 putts exactly. from 20 feet. Out of that many attempts, yeah. And, and that stat's been very... Uh, sedimentary for a long time that's not changed for years so so you know people like Spieth can fluctuate at about 20 percent but 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 players are still mm-hmm. only making around 14 percent of their 20 footers and if we take their proximity they're they're putting from around 18 feet for birdie more than any other distance so that's a, the midpoint the mid distance read is a, a brilliant area for anyone who wants to win tournaments or any low handicappers that are looking for their next uh, ability to score better, it's, it's make more 20 footers. Okay, I'm intrigued about yeah. the 14% stat mm. that 
really changed. Would you say that's because well, of condition of green, speed of green, slope of you know, greens? That, or... that is the golden question. And um, I'm going to be doing some uh, some testing and, and release something on it with a couple of well-known coaches. Um, and, and the basic, um, the, the, the paper will be about why don't players make more 10 foot putts? Because at 10 foot, they're making 38%. So yeah. if, if someone's got a perfect read and, they, and they're, they're obviously these guys are amazing with the putter, why are they averaging four out of 10? And it's got to be down to um, the fact that there's living things in the grass, bumps, um, emotions come into it. There's all sorts of things. And if we put a robot on a green, and gave it the right green read, and it could control its speed, it would make 9 out of 10 at least putts. But when you put a, okay. an elite, you know, super-performing world-class golfer to 10 foot, they only make mm. 40%. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I think, it's, you know, the speed's got yeah. to match the line, and also there's different levels of difficulty. But, you know... Either way, it's a fascinating area because because there's they, those players leave a lot out on the golf course. There's they, it's a there's an awful lot of room for improvement out there, and the same for any club level golfer. Um, there's no physical limitation for yeah. holding twenty foot putts. You know, it's not a strength thing. It's not a flexibility thing. It's not a stability. It's it's management. And there, but there's many factors obviously that have to be managed to get the ball in the hole. So from have you done any studies with regards to so mm. from six foot and in PGA Tour averages how many um, what's the percentage it's, a, it's above 50 percent so let's say 50 let's say 60 percent okay okay because I know right, eight yeah. feet it's 50 percent right and then is there a single scratch player would or be making 50 percent of their six foot putts and 18 marker yeah. or or a 90 shooter or 18 handicap, uh, it's about five foot. Yeah. 50% of five foot putts. So if, if, if you're practicing your putting and you're holding 50, yeah. if you're an 18 handicapper and you've got five foot putt, you can kind of expect. Yeah. You're allowed to miss one in every two. And this is why I'm telling my yeah. private clients quite regularly, because they'll miss a five footer and say what I do wrong. And I said, well, you know, you've, if you make as many as you miss, nothing. <laughs> um, and they put yeah. a lot of pressure on themselves yeah. to make those putts. And it puts pressure on the chipping. And, um, you know, one thing I do do with, with my guys is is I, I want to see 10 or 20 putts before we you start telling me that you always miss on one side or the other. Um, people are too quick okay. to worry about missing a putt. Um, you know, missing close from outside 10 feet is the best thing any club level golfer could try and do to miss within 10% yeah. of the overall distance would be tour average okay so from 20 feet yeah. if you're within exactly. 2 feet and 30 you're doing is, great is, yeah. is 3 feet and, and, and that's short and long so, so you know yes yeah that's another that's yeah. another big myth isn't it that you've got to get exactly. past the exactly. whole I mean across. it's 50-50 from after at 10 foot they're all 1 foot past uh, but after that, it works yeah. out almost exactly 50-50 from 20, 30, 40, and 50 feet on tour. If we take a career, take a player's season, 
they'll they'll leave as many short as they do long that don't go in the hole. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's really good. Sorry, I, I, I went off on a tangent. So we're on mid-range, yeah. 15 to 20. Yes. Oh, so um, uh, how long well, will you the whole class that? is two hours, and we're pretty much, we've yeah. got to full-length putts, which will be the third read we teach, by about 80 minutes. So we've done about an hour 20, okay. and we've we've practiced for long enough on each thing. We've got small, short, medium, and long putts. And then we get into double breaking putts. We get into arm bend, which is matching the speed of the green. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it depends on the green. If we have nice big slopes, we can talk about the big breaking putts and the sort of eight finger reads and the crazy ones where no one would ever aim. And, and basically it's just getting people to repeat the skill they just learned and getting a chance to practice and sediment the information. Um, you know, we, we, we we can pride ourselves on taking any golfer and they'll leave the class as a world-class green reader. Uh, yeah. In two hours, you can go from never experienced it before yeah. and only seen, and I'm going to be a bit, I'm going to be a bit sarky with, uh, with my next comment. Mm -hmm. You've seen the blokes on the yeah. TV and the girls on the TV putting fingers up and you don't really know what's going on. If but the you, TV shows You're it. intrigued. Um, that's it. That's it. If the TV shows it. And then, but you can literally turn up and within two hours, you can be a world-class. Definitely, without leader. any shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, and, and the other thing about Aimpoint is, uh, is once people know where to aim, so this is the big thing about it, all right. So so the green reading, you know, the Aimpoint green reading is is how I got into it. But we, we the things you learn along the way, and, and here's the thing, the, the, the tip of the iceberg is the green read now because... Okay, so you've, you've done your green read, you know where you've got to aim, and then you miss your putt. We can now start saying, did that curve match the number you predicted? So did it curve more or less than what you said? Is the speed good? If it missed on this side and the curve matched my prediction, what was the start line error? So we've actually got people missing putts and working out why. So the big thing here is yeah. it's a it's a organic system that just keeps growing. And, you know, all people see is the fingers up and, like, yeah, well, I can read greens. But the thing is, you can read greens, but you miss a putt and, and you don't have a metric to work off. Did it match my curve or not? You know, we, we, yeah. we are a green reading system. Actually, we've always kind of been able yes. to do that with ball flight. Exactly. And I think we've that's not what done we've got. We've, we've almost created ball flight laws for putting. Um, you know, it's it, and you can practice. You can create scenarios yourself. You you can use Aimpoint to totally change your practice routine and your and the style of practice. We'll work for two hours, and everyone will feel like it was ten minutes. Yet, if I said to people, "Go and practice your putting for for as long as you want," very very few people would get past fifteen twenty minutes because they get bored. Yeah, that would be an interesting project, wouldn't it? If you got two yeah. sets of golfers. Yeah. Same green, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and you said, right, yeah. you get a group of eight people, and you said, right, go and practice your putting, and when you're done, come back in and, and, see, and how see long what they, they do. And if you've got people just hitting three putts yeah. to one hole, that's, in my opinion, that's the worst practice you could do. You know, hit yeah. it too far, hit it too short, and then get and then, the distance right. You've just learned to adjust, which you don't get the luxury of in play. Yeah. So what else would what 
So if that's if that's like uh, yeah. the entry level, uh, yeah, <laughs> to become a world class speaker right, in yeah. the entry level course, <laughs> where does it where does it go from there? So how do you teach how do you teach golf or how do you teach green? Right, well, there's, there's advanced, there, which would be big slopes, very flat greens, mapping. I mean, we go down the wormhole now. Um, we've got strategy for practice. We've got stat collection. You know, appropriate drills based on where you're making more mistakes in play. We've, we go to our yeah. speed control class, which is fantastic. We, we've got a whole aim point system for training and developing distance control for players. So education on what determines mm -hmm. how far the ball goes, what forces create distance with a putt, how to train them, um, you know, different levels of testing on that so players can go away and go to the home course and develop their speed and distance control. We've got curve creation now. So if you're a player that likes to see the curve or think about a curved line or where the ball wants to roll over, we can predict positioning of the golf ball in the curve on any putt that you face, uh, which I know you haven't seen yet. And that's probably got you a little bit excited. I'm excited about that one. Already my mind was going, we've done, right, we've we'll coached that all this yeah. year and we kind of invented that in, started in Spain last October and the thing is we, we can predict where the ball will be on any putt and and what the, one of the main reasons we did it is because there's a Ross Fisher interview at St Andrews when he shot 60 and I was watching it and he said yeah today everything went dark and I could just see a white line and I was like hmm okay and he said today I could just see the curve I could just see it and I was like okay so do you wait for the curve to turn up or can we create the curve? And I was actually in a, in a airport car park with Sweeney and uh, Gareth McShee from Ireland. And uh, they just picked me up. I'd flown into Spain and I said, look, I said, I want to do some research on plotting the curve of any putt. Um, and as usual, Sweeney went, huh? And then the whole car journey home was, <coughs> it could be done. It could be done. This could be that. And then we went to a hotel room and we spent the whole afternoon putting coins all over the floor and trying stuff and then, you know, forgetting that, forgetting this. And we had the framework then and Sweeney goes back, goes to his master computer, which he calls it the mothership. And all of a sudden we've, he's run yeah. gazillion um, simulations of putts. And we found one position on every single putt, regardless of the distance where we can tell exactly where the ball will be. So imagine this, you, you give me any putt in the world, um, within reason, so not like a quadruple breaking putt, crazy thing. You, let's say a normal, a normal putt that most people would face playing golf, and I can take you to a position yeah. in in the golf in that putt and show you exactly where it'll be using uh, three reference points. So a, a distance between the ball and the hole, and a distance between dead straight at the hole and your aim line. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll text. I'll send you a picture later. Yeah, yeah. very quiet. And I'm once we have it. that, we have we have this <laughs> drop point we call it. So now we've got a point with a rollover, and all of a sudden people are starting to see curves because they've got a ball, a dot, and a cup. And you, whenever you've got three points, you create a curve. So 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 this has been a missing link for me and my players this year, or certain players I'm working with, because because they're yeah, they're using aim point, which is very linear. You know, hold up two fingers, it says aim twenty five inches right, whatever. And then they aim their putter at this point. But some people do like to visualize curve or a point the ball rolls over. 
So then we give them this intermediate target and there's this, huh, that's cool. And they, and there's a performance boost without any shadow of a doubt. Certain people, and it's a bit chalk and cheese, certain yeah. people will suddenly go, that makes sense. And it's like a light switch comes on. Um, I took a, an LPGA player through it last week and it was as exciting for her as it was for me because it was like, wow, what have we just discovered? You know, and it's, yeah, you know, um, it's all, that's the thing about coaching. It's the we've there's all this knowledge, but it's the application in the right scenario. It's using that piece to work with someone, and you know this 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 whole story of Aimpoint. It's it's evolution personified because in the, every, every for every year I've worked with Sweeney, Mark Sweeney, every week we'll have a text conversation where he says, "If you tried this, let's do that," and change. It's just changing all the time. And all we do is we look at we look at players and say, how can we get someone? How can we get the general public to learn something quicker? How can we make any golf yes. golfer better fast? And, and and that's you know we don't often get to tell yes. that story about Aimpoint because all the people see is people using fingers and commentators saying, oh well, I've never done this and I I won a tournament fifty years ago, so it must be rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Which obviously a lot of the guys that are, are, are or have been exposed yep. to it now, even the guys that are commentating on the TV, yeah. there's been a lot of them now that have, or there's been some of them that have been <laughs> good enough to yeah. to seek you out or you seek them out and basically done some work with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then I just want yeah. to go back to a bit of coaching. So how how has it changed with the commentators in the last? Let's say um, the last well, we, years. we've since since we first since the day Aimpoint was winning on tour, we've had criticism, and we've had people say that the ball yeah. just breaks towards water. We've had grass pushing the ball uphill. We've got cities where they think the ball is magnetised towards the city. Um, people believe that grass follows the setting sun, uh, which it doesn't. Um, grain does affect break, but it's not enough to push a ball up up a hill. It can negate break or it can increase yeah. break, but it, it's not going to push a ball three foot up the hill like I've had quoted to me. And and the thing is, mm-hmm. uh, it aim point was was had had mud slung at it from the beginning, and yeah, we were always told using yeah, the well, chart. Yeah, I think, it was I think very the, slow. the aim chart potential had the potential to slow players down, and that's why we invented express read. Um, and yeah. we, we invented a read that takes 10 seconds top to read any putt. Um, but, you know, it's uh, so we had a lot of negative all the way from the beginning and we never react online. We've, we've always had our integrity and never uh, done the classic, which you get into a bitch fight on Twitter or what have you. And we've outlived all our critics now. Um, and even even now we get a bit of criticism, the the people are good enough to then learn it themselves and um there's i've worked with nick doherty recently who had a very positive reaction and loved it a lot uh, i took him through the green read and drop point uh, he had me up at the open filming on the sky open zone uh talked to him fairly regularly so he's he's a good guy and he you know he he can see that there's value in it um you know we've uh we did some work with rich beam recently and um he's a really nice guy and uh, he was kind of misquoted, should we say, online. Uh, so we got together because uh, we di- we didn't react badly, but there was a, how can you say this if you've never learned it? 
so we work with him at uh, Carnoustie mm-hmm. and and he he likes it and he wants his son to use it and he wants to use it on his champions tour coming up so you know i think the people that are still playing and are in the public eye when they learn it they see the value and people that yeah. aren't playing anymore and have had a career in the distance and can't really describe why they read green so well they 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 might be um they they might talk badly about aim point but they're dying out they, you know, they're, they're, there's new blood now, yeah. and and we've got an absolute plethora of young golfers using aim point, shooting stupidly low numbers, and when they get to tour, they don't know anything different. They just this is what I do to regreens. They don't they don't have this yeah. history of well, how did I ever play for twenty years without it? Um, you know, we've got an awful lot of very good young players who who don't see any, don't use anything else to regreens like Adam Scott and Lydia Ko, both world number ones at the same time. Um, they, they're just yes. aim points part of their process. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's been it's been really it's been really mm. cool for yeah, me yeah, to yeah. watch it from someone who adopted it. Fa- you know, you, adopted you the, it fairly early. One, uh, one dipped in and out because I'm predominantly, mm. I would say, a full swing coach. Um, but obviously, trying to stay up to up with speed on it, up to speed on it. Um, so we've done the we've done the. Yep. Basic world class green reading course. Are we done three or four? Are they in smaller classes or um, are we I now think, into I one think to one? One to one class. is where I go after a standard class because now we have player tendencies, aim biases, and little foibles come into play. So in the normal class, we don't get too in uh, to we don't get into why their their strokes misled them because we've got a group of people. So I go one-to-one after that with clients and we start to say, well, this change in setup or this change in uh, technique is going to help stop this problem. Um, You're doing this because of this and we can start to work on the whole puzzle, as it were. And and green reading's a piece of it, like, you know, visualization's a piece, feel's a piece if we look at the speed control, you know, we've got strategies, I dominance. All of a sudden, there's quite a few things come into it, um, so we can start to look at which piece we think is going to give us the the biggest improvement straight away. So, as opposed to any yeah. sort of model coaching, it now is a case of well, this happens every now and then, and that's because of this. So, that would be the most sensible thing to change, as is now. Okay. So, were you? Because I remember at the start when you went all in, and I, I still think you're incredibly brave for doing yeah. what you what you did. Um, do you now? Is it fair to say because you never used to? Do you now change people's yes, technique as definitely. well? So I, I, you know, I've, yeah. I, I, I coached putting before, but now I I've only coached putting since yeah. 2008. So you know, I've I've seen a I've I've had 10 years of development on the technique and uh i'm probably mm. slightly different to most putting coaches where i will i'll work on where are you aiming i'll work on can you control your speed and then i can work on can you control your start line so the last thing i look at is is technique as it were you know i'm not i'm not going yeah. to just purely look at how someone swings a putter and say this isn't this is different than what my model tells me i you know, it's it, you can do yeah. what you want. If you could, if you could read it well enough, and you can control your speed and your start line's good, hey, we stick with that. You know, 
So you, you wouldn't have changed Billy not, Mayfair, no, no. for example. I'd have looked at why he had to do what he did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, very yeah. much. Like I said before, if you can miss close and the odd 20-foot will go in and you don't three-putt and you're good from seven, eight-foot in, you've got it made with putting. It's, it's, you don't have to do much to be exceptional with a putter. And that can be very freeing for the Yeah, for absolutely. The, for the I, I think that's, in a, in a world trackman and 3d systems and deep analysis um i think when you when someone realizes they possess the tools already themselves and there's a series of changes and drills and education and just just understanding that makes such a big difference to them that you know i spent years coaching swing and and you know people don't do all the swing coaches will resonate with this people just don't do what we ask them to they don't you know we, we we're so into our swing changes we i was that i would tell somebody oh, you gotta do this 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 and this and people just didn't have time to change it and they wouldn't they can't put the effort in that we expect them to so we'd always think of them as as having all the time in the world to make these changes and these people were, were time poor so you know yeah. it's, it's, it's it absolutely stems back to why I love what I do so much. So then, um, are you are you out? Are you at Woburn all the time? Yeah, it varies. You, I, I like to do around? a lot more What's... at Woburn. Um, I do about 50 days a yep. year around the UK. Um, I have a certain amount of tour commitments, as it were, or, or tour, you know, to go out to tour and work. Um, uh, I'm yep. always at the Orlando golf show and then i probably traveled to about 12 13 countries outside that doing squad work and overall certification training or what have you so it's, it's incredibly varied um yeah i mean yeah which is which is great and like i said it's uh, it's <laughs> it seems a world away from yeah. sitting in the plain truth house having pizza and uh, and you almost going, I don't really know what That was I'm it. Do, I remember chatting with Jim Hardy. Jim this. Hardy said to me, what do you do then? I said, well, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm not, I, at the moment, I'm just <laughs> hanging out with Mark and teaching green reading. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, yeah. it's cool. I mean, you've Fantastic. been in it right from the beginning. So um, you, you've seen it evolve and you were very supportive with the chart. And we did lots of squad work with you and the Essex ladies and we did it in the snow and... And you know, you exposed. Yeah, and they they kept holding. Yeah, and and, and you know, you exposed <laughs> your players to these things, and you you didn't you weren't a closed book. You you let them you let them do it and see who liked it. And I know a lot of them have gone on, and there's a few uh, now playing like um, Access Tour and maybe some European LET Tour. And I still bump into girls yeah. on tour that, that yeah. I've met in a group as a 15 year old, a squad training thing, and now they're. They're playing on tour, and they'll be yeah. I, I learned this with you. Yeah, they were there. I still follow all of the all of the Essex girls and see how they how see how they mm. get on, as I do with all of my England squad players and bits and pieces. And it's 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 wonderful not just to see them grow as as players, but to grow as people mm. for me is more important. And that I'm very proud of a, a lot of the things that sure. a lot of them have achieved. It's it's. It's been good fun. It's been good fun. I'm very lucky to do. Yeah, well, we're both very lucky to, to to teach what we what we and to get such reward. So I mean, it's uh, to, to yeah, I get from clients. I'm sure you do. Is is just you know, I I can't remember the last time I thought, oh God, I've got to go and do that again today. 
Um, no. You know, I'm, I'm on tomorrow from very early to late, and I, I'm not, I'm not, not looking forward to it at all. I'm, I can't wait to get there. It's every day's different. It's yeah. varied, and the feedback's amazing. So, um, you know, if we get back to sort of coaching and what's coaching about, if you can find your niche, and you can enjoy it, then it doesn't become a job, does it? No, it's just, it's just yeah. fun. Which is great. Uh, Jamie, now, if um, I'm going to give you £100. Thank you. <laughs> but, you but you can't spend it on attending a Aimpoint yep. clinic. Uh, how would you get them to, how would you get a student to spend £100 to improve their putting? Good question. So the first thing I'd do is get them to buy a string line. So an elevated string, is that, is that okay? training aids yeah yeah so an elevated string line which stretches to about 20 feet and sits above the ball and the putter helps you to helps you to aim where you want so you can check your aim but also you can check your start line so so they spent 20 quid on a string line which which they can use to to really see how good their start lines are yeah um can it all be training aids it's probably all going to be training aids the way my brain works that's cool Uh, Okay, so the you don't these aren't necessary, but digital levels are good for training slope feel. Yeah. So we're up to about sixty-five quid. So ghost holes I use a lot, which are like little um, latex holes where the ball rolls over and it doesn't affect the roll. But if it goes more than a foot by, you know you've made the putt, but it was too aggressive. So mm-hmm. so ghost holes are fantastic. A you can put them anywhere you want in the green. And you can decide where you want your pin location, so you're not at the mercy of where they've cut the holes. But also, you can make okay. a putt and see what the ultimate result of the ball would have been. So you can see where yes. the ball's finished and where it's gone. Um, so I've got some change now, haven't I? They're, they're probably about 20 quid. So we spent 85 quid. So what's the last 15 quid? Hmm. I don't know. I think <laughs> save up. Put the 15 quid towards an aim point clinic. There you go. <laughs> I didn't get it in the end. Yeah, but, but but it just goes to show how it's you know, we've got change from hundred quid. And I think I think those those training aids can you know they 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 encapsulate what I coach, which is can are you reading it? Can you start it there? Can you control your speed? And there you go. Yeah. All about starting gates. Well, just two pegs. They're in the pocket anyway. They're, yeah. they're, we put them either side of a ball under the string line at about twelve inches distance. So yeah. once you've got them under the string line, you can really check your start lines. It's a T peg. I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to spend that fifteen. Yeah, I think those those gates cost a little bit more than that. Um, <laughs> Quick fire yeah. round, Jamie. Favorite golf favorite course. course? Um, yeah. Well, can I have <laughs> can I have two answers? Yes. So the classic is there's three courses at Woburn. And whenever someone says, where do you want to play? I say, I don't care. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bored of which course at Woburn I play. I might stick me on anyone because they're all amazing. So I'm going to say turning up at Woburn and being put on any of the three courses is my favourite. But if, yeah. I, if, if I wasn't allowed Woburn, I would choose Prince's. A, okay. because it was the first real Lynx course I played when I moved down to Kent and Whitstable area. And it's just incredible. It's just just the sort of history of the place and the setting and the three nines. Um, yeah, Prince is, you know, is my favourite. Brilliant. Uh, going back to 
Going back to full yeah. swing, draw or fade? Depends on the situation. Okay. Um, prediction for the year? As far as golfers go? Yeah. Um, what? Who's who's going to finish order and merit top? Or yeah. I, I don't think you can look. We've had lots of Tiger. Are we talking USPGA uh, or Ryder Cup? Where are we which where are we at? Yeah, we've had we've had a bit of Ryder Cup. We've had some Tiger predictions. You can go where you want. Uh, okay, I think Europe win the Ryder Cup uh, by a large margin. <laughs> there you Ooh. go. <laughs> that go well with Mark. <laughs> yeah, as I said that, I thought this this is uh, this will upset a few people. But yeah, I think I think a big looking at the strength of the European players right now. I think, and, and I just yeah. think, I think we're in France. We're on European home soil. Um, I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna come out incredibly strong. Very good, very good, Jamie. Any any books or any um, YouTube's or things like that that you would advise oh, people so much, to so look much at? good YouTube out there at the moment. It's it. I do you know what? As you were early in the day, I would be able to tell you straight out. Who, who the YouTube people to follow are, but you just got to get on there and search them. There, there's so much amazing YouTube, and I'd be, I'd be looking at a lot of the, the, the young guys that sort of are doing a bit more. You know, if if we're talking about, is it coaches looking at this or is it clients? Is it golfers? I, w- I would say, I would say, I would say, I would say coaches. Yeah. I would say um, coaches. Well, you, obviously, you can't look far past people like Joe Mayo for content. Yeah. Um, then you've got people like Scotty Howarth up in Manchester. I watch quite a few of his are good. Um, who else have we got that's doing good stuff? I think that's, they're, they're, they're both swing. So they're, they're, the, they're my swing suggestions right now. Um, there's a lot of good short game guys, but they don't put out that much content. There's a lot of okay. well, short games. The one at the moment for you know pitching and chipping is the one that's got the biggest advance in in what they're doing. I think that's the biggest paradigm shift in what we're coaching, what people are coaching is short game right now. Okay, so is there any books or or people that, that you think um, they should I like the James Seekman stuff. You've got oh, Dan sure. Grieve at Woburn who teaches a lot of world class players. He's starting to put a lot of content out, so we better take better give him a look. Daniel Grieve. Yeah. Um, nothing else springs to mind right now. Uh, okay. Any mentors apart from from anyone? Mark? Sorry. Mentors. Anyone that's really influenced your career? Oh God. Previously, um, I know you mentioned. Yeah, I uh, better not leave it. Well, Ram- Ramsey McMaster was the first. Um, yeah. Uh, and he was a strength and fitness golf-specific coach from the Australia. Uh, then yeah. it was the, the baton was kind of handed on to Stuart Korstofin, who was running a 3D polhemus system. Um, so he's amazing. Um, yeah, he was great. incredible yeah. guy. And um, so he, he, he was, uh, yeah, he, he, he was a real influence on me as well. I think he was, he got me, he really got the juices flowing, I think. Uh, and then and probably I'd have to say Mark took on the baton from there. Uh, Peter Ball, who's a, who who does a lot of junior coaching? Yeah, number one, coach, yeah, number one golf coach in the world. He 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 helped me change what I thought coaching was about. Uh, Jonathan Wright from the PGA and David Colclough, who trained us to be uh, PGA tutors. Um, they yeah. you know I they 
were pivotal for me, I guess, because they took me away from what I was coaching and taught me how to coach it and the art of questioning. So, so they yeah. were absolutely incredible. Um, and then I've just learned off everyone basically. So I've probably spent a lot of time around a lot of incredible coaches and, and like yourself, I'm a good learner and I'm a good listener and I'm a good questioner. So, so people just come into come in and out of my universe every now and then. And I take a little bit of information from them all. Brilliant. As your guest of the day, you get to ask question of the day. So this is hopefully that we can get some feedback from either coaches or players, um, trying to get a bit of interaction going. So if you wouldn't mind giving us question of the day, your question. And this of the is day. for my question to other coaches. Can be. Wow. I wish you'd warn me about this one. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> question of the day is going to be what actually matters. What when you're what what is relevant to the person in front of you, and what are they trying to achieve, and what are they capable of achieving? Because if you're teaching from picture work, or if you're teaching from what you do, or you're teaching from what you know Tiger Woods is working on, what I've learned is it just doesn't fit into the four million golfers in the UK. The 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 elite yeah. player is is one percent of one percent of one percent of the market and of the of what actually matters um so so i'd say yeah you know who's in front of you and what are they prepared to do and what are they prepared to put in is, is a is a big question <laughs> brilliant jamie thanks ever so much for coming on just on a personal note thanks for all Likewise. the help you've given me in, in pushing the players um getting them to yes. be learners um we, we've taught a lot of sponges, which has been really, really good. They've taken we, the and information and run with it. <laughs> we have, we have a few, but hopefully we've uh, we've softened yes. a few. Um, which it's been, it's been really good. I look forward to catching up with yes, you in thank person. Yes, We'll do that. Um, I'll probably come take a trip up to Woburn because I want to see the, I want to see the facility up there. I've You're been up there welcome. for a while. It is, it's, it's a wonderful place. I look forward to, to come to see you soon. Thanks ever so much for coming thank on the you. podcast and. Uh, I look forward to catching right, up Duncan, with you thanks soon, so much. And, you know, everyone that's listening to this, if you're, if you're a coach searching out information, then I think you've you found a little gold mine with Duncan. Um, so I wish you all the success with this in the future. Brilliant. Thank thanks you. a lot, Jamie. Bye-bye.